stop goal! And... It's over! They've done it! Evans has done it! Welcome back to another episode of Two Woods and Four Quarters, a Harlequins podcast. Oh my, what a trip up to Welford Road we had. I'm not sat with my cousin Will this weekend. He was at the game and I'm joined by Joe Brecher, who runs the Rugby Quins Twitter account. Joe, welcome to the pod, mate. We've had you on before. How are you feeling after watching that? I'm pretty exhausted. I won't lie to you. That was awesome, yet terrible at the same time. I, I don't know, I forgot how exhausting watching Quinns is. Yeah. Like the kind of post, like for May, Premiership Rugby Cup period, just like, yeah. oh, you know, it's just a bit of fun. There's not a lot of fun about it, but when yeah. it actually, it pulls off at the end, wow, that was wicked. That was, um, that was an enormous amount of fun. I mean, this, that, that last little seven minute spell felt like an absolute eternity, but we'll break yeah. down the game in full, but just as an overarching point, five point win away from home, against the Leicester star with all their superstars back, or most of them, that is some performance. It really is some performance. But we'll try and bring sort of semblance to the chaos and just talk about it from a pre-game perspective. Obviously, we'll do a little bit of selection chat. What were your thoughts going into the game? Obviously, naming some boys back on the bench. Well, we obviously chatted midweek. Looked like the strongest bench that Quinns have ever put together. Yeah, I can't think of many. Is there any club in the world, or in Europe, you think, Michael, who could put Danny Kerr and Andre Esterhazen on there? I mean, Andre spends a lot of time on the bench in a South African oh. shirt. He's the best. He's the best inside centre in the world, and can't get in his own yes. national side. But so true. It's um, it's funny, isn't it? Because I spoke to Adam Whitty from BBC Radio Leicester during the week, and we were talking about how Saracens played against Leicester last week and how they went straight in with every international oh. they had available to them back last week. Obviously, they've had a little bit of a rest for some of them against Newcastle this weekend, having looked at their side. But we have taken a bit more of a pragmatic approach to returning our internationals back into the fold. Obviously, last week we saw Marcus and Joe start from the bench. This week they got the gig from the top. And then obviously you see the likes of, you know, Dylan Lewis on the bench again today, Jack Walker on the bench, Danny Kerr on the bench, Jared Evans, you know, starting from the bench and Andre the Giant wearing 23. I think we said during the week as well, and it almost sort of proved the case if we were looking like we were going to be in the game with 25, 30 minutes to go, we were going to be in a pretty good spot. One of the things I've really enjoyed about this season so far, like previous Quinn's seasons, you're relying on your Marlers, your Marcus Smith, Don Brands, Andres to get you through, Danny Kay obviously, to get you to the finish line, to get the scores and to kind of lead the team. But this year, and one of the reasons why we could put Kay on the bench and Andre on the bench for this week and Marcus last week, is the lads who are in the squad are actually have stepped up, I think, massively. And actually, that squad depth is going to be huge for the rest of the season. And so that's kind of why it's quite relaxing, actually, having Kerr and Andre on the bench this week. Because you know Will Porter's going to do a good job. Oscar Beard, I thought, was great today. Lennox has been great. And then, like, in the pack, George Hammond, Dino Lamb have really stepped up massively this season as well. So it's it's a sign of how good the squad is at the moment, that we can just we can go in comfortably with those guys on the bench. Yeah, there are two guys I'm going to touch on sort of as we go through this, George Hammond and Dino Lamb especially. I mean, both of them have come on some yeah. pretty swift leaps and bounds in the last sort of month or so. Obviously, D now, as they referenced two or three times on the TNT coverage, is now a fully-fledged international. But George Hammond, who's called in the line out, played 80 minutes today from, from memory serves me. I don't think that Ernie got on the park. So 80 no. minute, 80 minute stints from Launchbury and, and George Hammond is is pretty impressive. But, but yeah. And they're building quite a partnership, those two, as well. Like, they are ha- building a partnership. 
Hammond's like Hammond's actually been possibly the the undercover star of the season so far. Just I would not disagree bossing. with that. Yeah, I would not bossing disagree with completely. that. And it's it's quite a remarkable thing to think about with Steph still out. Mm. You know, Dino, who also is a, a second rower by trade, I, was, I suppose you'd call him, even though he was yeah. outstanding at six today. George Hammond's really coming on, but my God. Anyway, we'll talk briefly about Leicester before we before we start the game. They do the whole picking out the head-to-heads and all that sort of stuff, and it's really easy to yeah. go go Pollard and Smith and Marler and you know Cole. But did anyone catch your eye pre-game about sort of head-to-heads, battles, partnerships? So from the actual, the big thing that really jumped out for me between the team being named and the kickoff was Tommy Raphael pulling out. Yeah, because actually allowed with Evans, who was tremendous again as he always is, and especially going back to Welford Road. It just allowed him more of a free reign at the breakdown. So, yeah, I think, like, Tommy Raphael is always one that kind of worries me a little bit as an England and Quinns fan. Mm. But him putting out, and Rogerson, quite different style of yeah. player to Tommy Raphael as well. So that really stood out for me. I thought, I mean, there's always one name, if it's going to be Leicester v Quinns, that stands out a little bit, like a sore thumb, like a really bruised sore thumb in many ways. And that's at 15, Mike Brown. Yeah. Just looks weird still. That does look weird, doesn't it? And we've there's a... There was plenty of crossover there today, wasn't that with Bassett on the wing and Brownie at fullback? Yeah, yeah. yeah way far side as well. So, no, I think those guys are that. I thought, like, um, weirdly before the game, I actually felt more confident that type five, we had the, looked like we had the upper hand. Mm. And you know, we'll come on to the game in a bit more detail in a bit, but probably actually didn't really, first half especially, or second half of the first half, that type five from Leicester kind of really got ahead of us I felt so yeah. yeah before the game I was quite confident with regards to scrums and line up and just general set piece but yeah it didn't really come off that way I think you look at it you know just from a, a lineups point point of view that tight head side of the scrum with Cole and Chesham yeah compared to the loose head with Van Vake and Henderson you just think okay maybe we can gain some parity there as you say it didn't quite pan out in the first sort of 10 or 15 minutes at, at set piece time but I mean we started pretty fast didn't we I mean it's that man again Alex Dombrandt scoring in the first three minutes and the try just comes from a word that Will and I have used quite a lot in the first three or four episodes this year, sort of patience. Patience in the contact. And they referenced it on commentary in TNT, and they keep mentioning it in, in the post-game interviews. All this detail that Danny Wilson's given us. Give me your thoughts on that first score. So it's often said, like, in modern rugby, if you don't score within the first, like, three or four phases, you're done. You might as well just give the game, give the ball away. 16 phases, I think it was, for Don Brandt to go over there. Just, yeah, patience, phase play, and just kind of working through the corners and creating the space for us to actually go over the line. It's patient. We've not been a very patient side for a while. But this Historic, season, you're right. Historically not. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. But like, I think we're showing it. You're right. This, you and Will are right this season. It's actually, yeah, and that kind of came across. That. I thought Don Brandt's line to actually get over was really lovely as well. Yeah, it just managed to, to it reminded me a little bit. I know I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, pulling things out of the ether here, but it reminded me a little bit of Will Curlow's try in the final where he takes that initial contact <laughs> yeah. and then just sort of rolls his shoulders and finds his way over the line. Smart, just yes, hunting the space as a way he can find it. So, Absolutely. No, that was great. And then, you know, we're going to talk about him a little bit more as we go on, but Dino Lamb gets the second one. And it was, again, I sort of trying to pull parallels from other sides. It reminded me a little bit of the way that Exeter were for two or three years. You know, when they had that spell, yeah. the year that we played them in the final, when they get sort of five, ten metres out and it's 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 carry after carry after carry from the big lads. It yeah. wasn't often they didn't come away with the points, but Dino's one just found a bit of a, almost like a loose shoulder or like a, a weak body position and just barreled his way over. 
massively impressed with Dino this season, full stops. He, again, seems to be really coming. And that physicality, I think maybe just being called up to a World Cup squad and thinking, wow, I've kind of made it, has kicked him onto the next level, but giving him that extra bit of confidence. Because sometimes, like the past, in contact, he didn't really feel like he had the confidence to kind of break those shoulders and get over that game line. But actually now, with how massive he is as well, yeah, he's a big boy. Like his shoulders yeah. are humongous, aren't they? But yeah, like yeah, just finding that soft shoulder to get over the try line was was great. And you know, Marcus followed up with a conversion. Where a tough day for kicking, wasn't it? It was a tough day yeah. for kicking. Yeah, a lot of sort of similarities in my golf swing. A lot of things sort of <laughs> falling out to the right hand side. But I mean, this this is sort of where Leicester then sort of grew back into the game. You know, we're looking at it and we're you know we haven't kicked our points, but we're two tries for the good. And then they just managed to find ways back into the game. And I, I, it sort of came through a little bit of lack, in, lack of dominance in the scrum. The line-out wasn't functioning perfectly. Mm. Liebenberg scores that try in the corner. Stewart scores, you know, 10 minutes after that. And we're sort of now in the point coming up to half-time where we're thinking we've probably let them let them drift back into the game. I felt we lacked intensity a bit in that kind of from like minute 15 yeah. to minute 40. And I personally felt maybe a bit of Quinn-centric view for me but we always let them back in a little bit I think maybe it just yeah, that coincided with the fact that Leicester kind of up their game as well and made us look like we were we lost our intensity but first 15 minutes I thought we were incredible like just yeah. the way we were getting over the game line again and again and again and we looked really on it but I don't know I just felt we lost our way a little bit in that second half of the first half and I think that allowed Leicester back into it a little bit but um, you've got to take your hat off to Leicester as well I mean there's Liedenberg and Stewart quality tries and quality players as well. And, you know, big, big games call for those players to really do well. Yeah, it's this, the Stewart one's interesting, isn't it? Because I think they mentioned it, you know, it's the first time he's ever started on the wing for Leicester yeah. in the Premiership. Yeah. And, you know, and it, I, I suppose that's, you can say that's testament to maybe how well Mike Brown has played or just maybe the matchups and all this sort of stuff. And we spoke, you know, Will and I earlier in the week about our kicking game was going to be so important because of the likes of Brownie and Stewart in the backfield fielding those high balls and mm. even chasing some of them off our own kicks, you know, it it felt like we had to get our kicking game really, really spot on. And it wasn't quite there in that sort of 10 or 15 minute spell. We we just seemed to play in areas where we, we didn't quite need to. Like I said, yeah. the line out wasn't quite functioning. A few handling errors as well. I don't know if that was for any particular reason. It didn't like it was raining, didn't like it was that greasy or slippy, but a few things just not quite going to hand. And that try in the corner from Tyrone Green in the 40th minute just made oh, everyone just settle down a little bit, didn't it? Just a massive moment to score. Like, we had been under the cost for, like, 20, 25 minutes, I felt. Or not completely under the cost, like, defending our own try line constantly. But we'd not been quite in the game compared to how we started. Just massive. Yeah. And another sublime finish from Tyrone Green. He, he only bothers his worldies now. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> want to do it like a simple dot down in the corner. It has to be a world-class finish. And, yeah, to kind of just leap over the tackle like that and to miss to kind of get the feet over the try line just fantastic from Tyrone is it's, it's really good to see him back on form as well I was going to say be- to you yeah just before we we into the second half he seems now to be playing like the Tyrone Green that yes. we fell in love with a couple of years ago oh yeah 100% yeah like um kind of start obviously it'd been out for a long long time Premiership Cup he didn't look himself from the bits I saw of him with that now he just looks like the, as you said, the Tyrone Green of old. And it, did you notice also at kickoff or like on the bench, there's uh, Mr. Murley was in tracksuits, and so he'd obviously been warming up. So 
I spotted this actually during the week when they put the teams out on Instagram, when they do those like slow motion little sort of stories of each player and the one was of Tyrone Green and Caden was defending him in full training oh. kit, had his knee taped up as obviously he was traveling. Might still be a bit of a rush to fire him in back in for next weekend. I think he's probably targeting a European return maybe in, in two or three weeks time, but he certainly looks ahead of schedule, which is great news. I, I was worried he could be out for a long time just with the, some of the stuff I'd heard from the club. So, if he can come back this side of Christmas, I'll be happy. Yeah, Any absolutely. sooner would be great. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be a big big selection call when he does come back because the back three in unison have been working quite well. Not, not everyone's been at their best each single game. Like I didn't think Nick was at his best today. No, to be I just I literally spoke to my dad on the phone after the game. He said, oh, David struggled. When's Caden back fit? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> neg- negative <laughs> Nelly. But reunite the Holy Trinity again. I know. Not lying them early in I green. Know. But uh, yeah, yeah. Nick, I think Nick's had a has actually had a really good start of the season, but it's just some days just it's not your day. And they did, you know, he's the job for him at full back up against, you know, Stewart and Brown in the air yeah. and some of the way they kick and chase was always gonna be tough. Pollard's not gonna miss, you know, he's not gonna miss many areas on the pitch of we're gonna kick and chase here. The ball's more often they're not gonna be in a position that as a fullback you don't want to be fielding it. But yeah. Talk to me at half time then. 15-7 up, three tries. And not the best first half in terms of, you know, super... Well, I say not super clinical. We probably were actually quite clinical in the end, but it, yeah. we, had, we hadn't stretched away because I thought that we had just given them glimpses in the game. How are you feeling at half-time? A lot different because of the Tyrone Green try. Yeah, like, no. To be honest, without that, I'd have been thinking, shit, I think we're going to... I think we're in for a really tough second half here. I think just a massive moment to kind of change the momentum of the game going into the sheds. Um and so yeah, I felt a bit more confident half time following that try, but it's it's always going to be hard at Welford Road. So I weirdly felt confident all week about it, to be honest, about the game. Like without sounding kind of arrogant, I did just have a feeling we would win this weekend. But um, yeah, t- then second half. You know what's really interesting about the half time is that they spoke to Dan McKellar, Sarah Riley on on the TNT commentary, and she said, "Does that try at the end change your?" you know, approach to your halftime chat in any way. And he mm. sort of said, no, not really, which I think is the, probably the right answer from a Tigers is, perspective. Yeah. But flip the coin on our side, that try just think, is, you, uh, we, as, as, as Queens fans, we suddenly think, oh my God, like you just feel so much better about the whole process. Yeah. I, I don't I don't quite know how that translates to everyone else's feelings, but I just felt with, just with that try and, you know, Marcus hasn't kicked perfectly and we hadn't been perfect. We'd taken our chances and we just had let them back in the game a little bit so to go down or to be down at the break I thought would have been slightly unjust so just to get that score mm. just settled me a little bit going into half time but like I say you know I think I tweeted it at the break given the, what was on our bench I thought I thought Lenny was brilliant actually I thought he made a big turnover yeah. I thought he carried the ball nicely good in good in defense as he usually is but I, I said just from the 45th minute or whenever it is just get Andre and and Walker off the, off the bench and, and and ring the changes and just tighten up where we can. It it kind of just allow. Sometimes you just need that lift as the big guys coming on, yeah. just to kind of create the kind of momentum within the team and to kind of see us over the line. So I think it was right to like as you say, Lenny was great, but you've got the best yeah. <laughs> in the world on the bench. Yeah. Not never a bad time to bring him on. I know. I'm going to ask you a question then. Talk to me about Will Porter. How do you feel about him? There are a few players currently in the Quinn squad who I think got an outside chance to make the Six Nations squad. Will Porter is one of them. I've been also from uh, an article I read 
few weeks ago where they were kind of clearly a bit in the know about players who might get who are on Steve Borthwick's radar. I think Will Force is one of them. He doesn't put a foot wrong and he plays no. at the tempo that we need him to play as well. And I don't like we've not had a backup to Danny like that since Carl Dixon. Yeah, that's a long I time think, ago, isn't it? I know, yeah, I think he's been wicked and I don't necessarily see a reason why next week Danny has to start. Which is crazy to even think yeah. about, isn't it? Yeah, it's a different time. How, how, how are you feeling about Will Porter? Well, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bear all here, and Will's gonna be listening to this back and <laughs> laughing. Will and I had a bit of a thing about Will Porter in one of our WhatsApp groups when we played Bristol away last year, and Will Porter at the time was still a Bristol contracted player. Mm. He, he made a comment about wanting Bristol to maybe put sixty on us, and I, I never forgot it, and. We, we we've been you know we've we've got a WhatsApp group of about five or six of us and it's a lot of Quinn's chat and a lot of them all well all of them bar pretty much myself were Will Porter's gonna be great we're really excited to see him with this and with that and I've been yeah. straight up I hate Will Porter I'm not having <laughs> him he's he's he's, he's, he's not the edge of the throne I, I couldn't I couldn't forgive and forget yeah and, and, and in that moment all my everything just washed away just that little shake of the hips and the duck of the head and just picks the gap and goes over under the sticks. Just And I, I even tweeted, I was like, I love Will Porter. I've You're now a convert. I've, I'm, a, I'm absolutely com- converted. I absolutely love him. I think he's brilliant. Are you now going to be wearing Will Porter pyjamas tonight? No, I'm not, because I don't make them in my size. But <laughs> it just, yeah, I just... I was <laughs> obviously in the back of my head, I knew, I knew what, he's, what, what he was going to be like and how good he was going to be. Yeah. But I want. But you I want you, you I, always didn't want to believe he'll be. Like I, exactly. This. I want. Yeah. I wanted people to bleed the quarters from the minute from the minute they sign to the minute they leave. I, I think you want start... it from the minute they're born rather well, than from the minute they sign. Yeah, maybe. But I just, I had it in the back of my head that I wasn't going to sing his name until he did something magic, and in that moment, it's it's all gone. And his his kicking game is brilliant. I, I texted one of the boys earlier during the game, and I said, one of the things I love about him is even though. He, a lot of the time he's under pressure at the base of the ruck. You know, guys, you know, trying to counter ruck or, or fly around the edges and put him under pressure. He seems to just have balance in his hips and just, he, he rarely gives a bad pass. I think his handling's excellent. I think his kicking game's excellent. He made a brilliant tackle on Freddie Stewart in the first half when it was a bit, it was opening up into a little bit of a two-on-one. And he said in one of his preseason interviews that he's a running nine. He wants the ball in his hands. He wants to put the hammer down. He wants to go and run at, at weak defences. And it was a prime example of that. He's not flashy, really. No, no. He I just mean... does everything really, really well. And that's, that, that's kind of all you want from a, a scrum half, I think. Someone who's going to get the ball out really quickly, snipe around the, keep the defence on edge by sniping around the fringes, and just be high quality. And like, I think if, if Porter can carry on like that, I think we're in for a really great season for him. I think one of the things that impressed me mo- has impressed me most about him is a kicking game. Because I yeah. remember, you know, again, I'm, I'm not talking in a... In a disservice to the, the guys we've had previously and I really liked Scott Steele for a long time I thought he was a yes. really really good backup nine I thought he had that sort of nuggety nature that I quite liked Jautama has never quite just gone and taken that step mm. you know we signed Max Green on a short-term contract now that Danny's back I don't know what's going on with that you know Martin Landajo was in and it was was good yeah. without being special but Porter's kicking game I, I, I've been so impressed with just the way he is around the pitch I think he's tough I think he's gritty and he's got a bit of Quinn's DNA about him. And I I, yeah. abso- I absolutely love him. If Danny was to retire at the end of the season, yeah, big if, would you be happy with Porter to be our number nine? I think I, 21? I think so, yeah. 
Yeah, I think o- I would o- say. Only if we rename the South Stand the Danny Care Stand, <laughs> which we've been, which which we're doing a little bit of an internal campaign for, as and as and when that comes. If there's a petition, let me know and I'll sign me up. Someone said during the week that we should rename the Danny the the South Stand the Danny Care Stand and then rename the North Stand the Joe Marler Stand, so they I can just that. look over on each other for, for the rest of time. I love that. It's better than a bar. So we'll see. Anyway, back to the back to the rugby. Um, yeah. And speaking of Joe Marler. I can't remember a time recently where we fought him off in the 56th minute. Yeah. That's such a testament to Finn Baxter. Finn Baxter's been wicked. Yeah, he really has. Like, is that, um, he still looks about 12. Yeah. If that, <laughs> but he's just been tremendous. Like, he, he, again, he does, like, similar to Will Porter, right? He does all the basics of his job extremely well. And sometimes just all you need. Like, so, yeah, I think testament to Finn. As to mm. that, you can bring Marla off and be cu- quite comfortable about it as well. Yeah, I mean, one of Marla's big strengths as well. I mean, t- today was the first time I ever saw him take the ball into contact and knock the ball on. That just is yeah. a, complete, a complete collector's item. But you know, going back to the Newcastle game last week, it was Baxter with a little offload off his left shoulder, and it's things like that that Marla has done so well for such a long time. Yeah. And and I think Finn is just growing and growing and growing into that shirt, and it's such a huge vote of confidence to give him 25 minutes when, when Joe's come off. It never used to happen. And blessing the likes of Santiago Garcia Botter and Jordan Ells and those sort of guys that have you know worn that that shirt at 17. Finn, Finn is the one now. And, oh, definitely. And, yeah, and, and definitely. In, in times where you know we we're not we're not at risk of weakening within reason if, if if Finn starts a game and Joe comes off the bench at various points just to keep Joe as fresh as you can for as long as you can. I think it's generally been a bit of a failing of Quinns over the last 45 years where we felt whether we felt the need to or we had to just play all the big names and start them every single game. So they bec- they're going to become knackered. And yeah, Mara is just incredibly fit for loose head Bob. Oh. But actually the quality of Finn, Will Porter, Lenny, various other players in the squad, will, and Jared Evans as well, will allow us to not have to rinse all these star players all the time and just build that solid foundation. Do we want to talk about the Freddie Stewart second try in the second half at all? Or do we want to skip past that blocking line for me yeah. and Tempest completely? I, I tweeted that the best tackle that anyone made against us all day was from a guy wearing a blue shirt. Um, I have a real thing about ref bashing because I think Yeah, I know, I know. And, <laughs> and I just do have a problem with it. However. Yeah, it's a bad one, isn't it? I mean, so sometimes like... Just admit you've made a mistake. Mm. It's okay. It's okay to make a, admit you make a mistake and just go, you know what? Actually, I did block it. We're going to call <sighs> it back. But that was an absolute shocker. I had my like, I had my phone in my hand as it happened. Yeah. And I texted the group and I said, if they score off this, I will be absolutely seething. And they yeah. did go They did go and score off the sort of resulting turnover, I suppose you could call it. The, the, the irritating thing is not only did he stop Don Brandt from collecting the ball in the first place in the lineouts, but he also then prevented Don Brown from making a tackle, which would have made the try non-existent yeah. in the first place at all. So it was a, you've got to dust, and actually fair play, Quinn's dusted off themselves off really well to kind of not concede again straight after that. Yeah. I, I, I was absolutely furious. Uh, it was tough to watch actually, wasn't it? Because you, yeah. I, I, I think we're, we're probably in, in similar boats. I'm, I'm not one for ref bashing, but five minutes after half time, when that just changes the momentum of the game, yeah. And from such like a, from out, almost not not out of nowhere, but central field position, we've thrown the ball long out the line out. It's going to land in Dommer's lap. 
and just something out of something you can't control happens like that where the ref can probably just say blow his whistle sorry fellas my mistake we'll, yeah we'll either we'll reset it or it's a scrum putting quins or whatever and he just sort of let it unfold and you can see our lads actually you know gesturing with their arms up are we not stopping we're not stopping and then the try goes in but we we actually I say we 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 responded from it well in the fact that we didn't let that sort of seep into the the rest of the game. We actually you know held firm, and then we'll obviously be going at the Will Porter tribe. But it's one of those things where in a tight game like that, you're just crying out for it to not happen to you. I've seen many the positive, as you say that. So both say we don't want the ref bashing up. Oh, I can't draw a line under that. But so the positive is that in. Quinn's performances of a few years ago, you'd have seen petty penalty after petty penalty mm. after an incident like that. Just didn't happen. Didn't happen no. at all. So I think like fair place the leadership for kind of making sure that didn't happen. But man alive, it was infuriating. Yeah. And then from the 52nd minute when Will Porter scores, we then don't get another point until a penalty from Pollard in the 65th. And it is one of the tense of games of rugby I've watched in the last you know few months and weeks and months, especially watching Quinn's. Well, I was going to say, I was put on the Twitter account at that point. I think we should just, before that penalty, just call full time. We've had enough. I know. Like six, 63 minutes of rugby is plenty, really, in that. <laughs> Especially when we, we already got our bonus point. Yeah. And 25 minutes of super clinical, super detailed, super precise rugby hasn't always been where we've shone. And it, it yeah, <laughs> there, there were moments in it, you know, a loose line out here. I tell you what, actually, we stole three line outs against the head this, this on Saturday, which was great. That's quite unlike us in many ways. And I, think, I, think I, I like a piece. Three, you put all on. three were, were George from Hammond as well. I don't remember Launchbury getting one. What a guy. What no. a guy he is at that moment. But, um, but yeah, to be honest, like, throughout that last 15, 20 minutes, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. No. At all. I, I, kind of, I enjoyed it. And it was, you know, it was great to you know, get the victory. And it was great to kind of get the try coming up. But it was awful in many ways as well. Yeah, but, you know... <laughs> I was like, it was awful. I meant my nerves, not yeah. Five five points on the road, though. You know, it's those are the games that are going to really dictate what we're about this year. Because we we yeah. all, we always do well at home. Yes, Saracens at home next week is enormous. Yes, they're going to be littered with all their all their names. So are we. But five points on the road at Leicester with the likes of Pollard and Jasper Visa and talking about all their World Cup winners back. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. That is so important. So so important. It's only an 18-game league now with all the teams dropping out. And to get... So five games in, granted the whole round's not finished, but five games in, we're top of the table right now. Mm. We've got a away victory there at Welford Road, away victory at Ashton Gate, dead playoff contenders. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And we can start to... Top four is... It's a long way to go still. But top four and top two is in our hands right now. If we yeah. carry on this kind of momentum and go win the games that we should do. So it's this kind of result is is huge and it's yeah, brilliant to win at Welford Road. What we really need tomorrow is for Northampton to beat Exeter with no bonus points either way. They'll both be on 15 points. Good banter if Newcastle beat Saracens as well. <laughs> and then we're uh, and then we'll be sat sat atop of the tree at the end of round five, which is well just a fantastic to see and be thoroughly enjoyable. Let's uh, let's look ahead then to next week. I know that on uh, on the, on the TNT coverage, they made the a comment about Saracens crossing town. They're not crossing town. They've got to come from Herefordshire into London to actually get to the stoop. So, <laughs> but let's let's talk about that the next weekend. We assume that they're going to be, you know, 
a similar side to what they'd played against Leicester the week before. 5.30, under yeah. the lights, four from four. It doesn't get any bigger. It's the fixture you always look out for, isn't oh, it? When, yeah. when Saracen's at home. Especially and this year. Of, yeah, especially 5.30 kickoff on a Saturday night. Yeah. I think that's pretty great timing, to be honest. So, it's, uh... man, I cannot wait for it. It's going to be an epic of all proportions. There's um there's whispers and rumours that the drum might be returning on Saturday as well. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been absent for the for the first two or three weeks just through various forms of you know social calendar clashes. But I, it, yeah, you know, whisper it. It might make a return on Saturday mm-hmm. to really ramp up the noise. In terms of ins and outs, then because obviously we, there are some things we need to talk about in terms of who plays and who doesn't. We mentioned it yeah. a little bit already. Yeah. Are you picking Danny Kerr? Are you picking Will Porter? Right now, I'm picking Will Porter. Start. <laughs> Who would have and said Danny that a year ago? I think like D- Danny's always been a great off the bench, and Danny is a club legend and will always be a club legend. And, but it's just Will Porter's playing really well. It's his shirt right now, and Will Porter has done nothing wrong to lose it, and Danny hasn't done enough to gain it, in my opinion, as of right now. So I'd go Porter nine, care twenty one. What would you do? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I you can't whip out on that. You can't. I mean, either way, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Wow. I I, I genuinely don't know. I genuinely genuinely Uh, don't know. You're going to have to tweet from the uh, Quinn's pod account later in the week to confirm your selection. Yeah. There's there's another one, which I think is a fifth of a coin. Hooker. Sam Riley or Jack Walker. Riley's had a really good season so far. He has been really good. And I think... Do you know what? I actually think I'd keep Jack Walker on the bench, probably just because he's still lacking a bit of game time. That's you know, exactly my rationale. D- Danny has Danny has had some of that game time in the World Cup. Andre yeah. has had some game time, if not a lot. But Jack Walker was a proper sort of thirty third man in this World Cup, and and you know, yeah. great for him. He spent five, he spent seven or eight weeks rehabbing to begin with, gone for a World Cup journey, comes back with a bronze medal. But yeah, lacking that game time, and also our lineup wasn't perfect today. By any stretch, but it has been really well, you know, really well drilled up until this point. And it wasn't yeah. bad. It wasn't bad. So, like I said, we won three against the head. It just didn't quite oil, you know, didn't quite run at full capacity today. I think another week with Danny Wilson lineup yeah. calls, and I think like you know, you mentioned that partnership between Launchbury and and George Hammond. I think the partnership between Launchbury Hammond and Riley in the lineout has functioned yeah. pretty well all year. So I think I think I, I, I'm more than happy to see Walker off the bench. I agree. So a slightly controversial one. I think I put Collier on the bench, but not for anything he's done wrong. Mainly because Mako, as good a player as he has been, is not as good as he was, and he's never been a great scrummager anyway. If we can get Collier against a tired Mako later on in the game, I like that. And then Lewis is a test. It's still a test uh, fight head anyway. Give him a chance. But yeah, it's nothing against Collier. It's just kind of. Tactics using it, Ocolio coming off the bench with that power and scrum. I like the idea of. I suppose the flip side of that is they had Ironi Maui coming off the bench against Leicester the week before, and tomorrow Maui is starting and Tom West is on the bench. So I just think, you know, if we, if, if Collier can absolutely kill Mako for 50, 60 minutes and then another, yeah, an, an, another international tight head and Dylan Lewis comes on with 25 to go. Fine either way, to be honest. I think Andre comes back. 
And it's, it's it's harsh on on Lenny because he hasn't done a huge amount wrong. I actually thought he no. probably had he probably had his best game today. Yeah, but there are levels, aren't there? Yeah, yeah there, think, there are yeah. there are levels. Yeah, world's best twelve. Yeah. Lenny also at the end, I noticed he was limping a little bit when kind of when everyone was coming back onto the field to celebrate the uh, win. It looked didn't look like Lenny was at full tilt to me. So whether he's just even wouldn't be selected next week anyway, just due to injury, I'm not sure. But Andre has to come back in. Yeah, I ha- yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing I liked about Andre as well today is it's that we, we use it a little bit actually with Luke Northmore mm. in the first couple of games when he played. It's that left footed kicking option on the outlet. Definitely, it, make, yeah. it, make, it makes quite a big difference, I think, just having two options because Lenny and, and Beard aren't. I know that you know Beard has played quite a lot in the back three, so his kicking game isn't isn't poor by any stretch. But just having that left footed option on both sides of the scrum, maybe when you're defending yeah. and defending deep, is 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 a big difference. But other than that, we seemed to come off fairly well in terms of injuries. No one seemed to be limping off or yeah. hobbling off or any HIAs. So I think we're, we're fairly agreed that Andre would be back in at 12. Everything else almost stays the same. And then you just see what happens between Danny and Porter. And, and I think yeah. you're right that Jack Walker might start on the bench again. I think I would bring Chandler on into the bench. Okay. I We were messaging about it again. I think Chandler... Here's my uh, hot take prediction: John okay. Cunningham South will be in England squad in the next eighteen months. He is that good. He is so good. I think having his impact coming off the bench, not nothing against Chiz, yeah. but for me, I think high potential. John Cunningham South, I would bring him on the bench. I think he's got also that energy. Yeah, that yeah. Chiz also has, but with, with kind of with more pace, footwork, I think he's a quality player. So I, I think I just to kind of fight fire with fire a little bit. I bring Chandler onto the bench. In some it's, capacity. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when against Newcastle, he came off the he came off the bench, went straight to eight, and Don Brandt got a bit of a rest. Yeah. I think it's a little bit like with with Marcus and, and Dom is in that in that sort of similar capacity that we never really take them off for a tactical reason. No. They only really come off if they're broken. And I don't quite know how much rugby Chandler Cunningham South has played at six. He's played a bit for London Irish. Like he did yeah. he, mainly off the bench, I'd say at six. So I think he has, I might be wrong, he has played in a row, I think, a little bit as well. Okay. But I think, you know, six, eight, he could cover at seven with his kind of hot breakdown work as well. So I think, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be offended if he didn't. No, but me too. That's, yeah. what I, that's what I would do. Yeah. And it's it's certainly, he, he's certainly one of the guys that we spoke about before the start of the season in terms of yeah. we want to, we want to see him, we want to get him going. Yeah. You know, not just as a backup to like Don Brand, but, you know, with, sort of within his own right. Um, yeah. But I, I think for the most part, Nothing really changes. Marla, Riley, Collier, Hammond, Launchbury. I think yeah. Dina will play at six again while Kenners is still out. And I think Webb today, a couple of turnovers, plenty of tackles. Wasn't his best game, but, you no. know, interesting with Webb actually today. He was jumping in the line out a lot more, which you don't often see from him. I quite like it. I like having that option because it's kind of Kenners obviously gives that option as well. So having a further option that, uh, at, with kind of sticking Webb up there is a good string to the bow. Yeah, and then you've got all the big lads around him, just you know, exactly, yeah, piggybacking him. But, <laughs> no, just kind of launching him as far as they can. Thirteen turnovers we made today. I don't know how many of them were web, but yeah, and only seven penalties compared to their nine. We won thirteen lineouts compared to their eighteen, actually, which is interesting. I thought we, I thought we were sort of a bit, bit, bit more similar in that in that environment. I'm trying to think of any other stats that are really sticking out. Not really. I mean, it all looks. It it's looks very like, even, isn't it? It's so even. Yeah, I mean, you know, territory fifty point seven compared to forty nine point three, and 
passes and tackles made. It's all relative in the same space, but yeah. I'm, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely delighted with the win. I don't know if this is going to pick up well on the on the microphone, so I have to hold it fairly, fairly tight. But you know, oh, lovely! That's, <laughs> that smells like a win to me. The seats of success. Uh, uh, you're not sponsored by anyone, so I don't know who, who that That's is. That's a good point, actually. We might, when, if anybody wants to sponsor the pod for some sort of, you know, we'll have a, a couple, of, we'll have a, have a couple of drinks every time we record. Let us know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, anyway, Joe, thank you so much for joining, mate. That's and, uh, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm, I'm now itching for Saturday at five thirty. This week has to go by so quickly. This time in exactly seven days at the time, as at the time of recording, in seven days, I can hear the drum <laughs> from the South Stand coming say, from it's, Michael Woods. It's ten to six on a on, <laughs> yeah. a, on a Saturday afternoon. Ho- hopefully, at this point, we'll be we'll be three tries up and absolutely swimming in Guinness. But yeah. it, sh- it should be it should be it should be a great crack. Anyway, Joe, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Thank you so much for having me. Good to see. Thanks so much for Joe from Rugby Quins for joining. Oh man, I still feel quite emotional. Just while I pick up my beer, I'm going to pass you over briefly for a voice note from one Will Wood. Morning gents, just walking to Leicester train station now after collecting five massive, massive points. My God, what a game. Didn't know how it was going to go. It was a game of chess at the start, resulting in four in a row for Quins. Two bonus point wins in a row. They're a collector's item at Welford Road, aren't they? Absolutely massive to come away with five points. What a run up to Saracens we've had. Four big wins. How annoying is that Gloucester away now? We say it every week, especially when they get pumped at home to Bath. That's a missed opportunity, but actually that might act as a bit of fuel for us. I think you can see it. The boys are a little bit riled up. They've got a point to prove this year and losing that first game in the way that we lost it, I think has just added some fuel to the fire, which is great. Let's keep that. Let's use that and let's just keep winning. I cannot wait for Saracens. It's going to be massive. The stoop's going to be rocking. 5.30 kickoff derby weekend. Got a long old run up in the day before can't wait for it i might play for quinn's ams get over to the stoop have a double quinn's weekend but yeah leaving here now amazing weekend the city's lovely the stadium oh my god what a massive stadium lots of empty seats though but the the atmosphere that they created was still very very good the remembrance day sort of respect they did before the game was eerie it was really really impressive remarkably well observed as well yeah just a brilliant day all round <laughs> quite like it mate i recommend you come up mike you'd have loved this away day lots of noise lots of racket and five big points come on the quins standout players dino lamb 100 percent. it's not a shock he got man of the match carried well couple of tries defended well he just looks like an international rugby player these days it just looks different the way he carries himself the way he plays the game you can tell he's feeling it which is great he was a standout for me and then marcus smith at 15 thought he went well Last five, 10 minutes, kicked the ball brilliantly. Just killed the game, sapped the energy out of it, played in the right areas. And when the score was that close, that was so important. And then finally, Alex Dombrant. First man on the score sheet yet again. Outclassed Jasper Visa. I'm sure he slept brilliantly last night in his Alex Dombrant pajamas. See you at the Stoop on Saturday. Let's go through some three-word reviews, and we've got plenty of them this week. My God, there are some absolute gems in here. At Friends of the Stoop, quite quintessentially quintastic. Nick says, fly air Tyrone. Jamie Olt, what a win. Max Allen, tempo must be gutted. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. This one comes in from at JWR Morgan. We're massive. 
at Jez Walder, bring on Saris. Harry Playle, physical, challenging, clinical. Joel Baker says, got it done. At Ben Player, a very important win. Alan Heaton says, old-fashioned win, which I think is probably fairly accurate. It was an old-fashioned win. It wasn't always pretty, but it was certainly effective. Loro says, Marcus growing a mullet, question mark. At Gary Morgs, Dommers pockets Jasper. Get those pyjamas ready, sunshine. And at George BLFC says, top of the league. I know that's four words, but never mind. That's where we're going to leave the game review. Five points on the road away at Welford Road, but don't go anywhere. We're talking to Craig Harrison, who's the operations coordinator for Harlequins. We're going to rev up big game and see if there's anything special that the club are going to be putting on for us. Craig, thanks for coming on, mate. Hope you're well. Um, we've had a few chats over the last couple of years about things that are going on inside the club, and obviously big game is one of the big, big selling points. Just to start with, how are ticket sales tracking now compared to the last... I suppose it's difficult to compare it to the last two or three years because it's been such an interrupted event with COVID and trains and all that other stuff that you know made it such a nightmare the last couple of years. But how, how are ticket sales looking at the minute? They're going really well. We're at 35,000, um, rapidly going up. And I mean, the impact that the boys coming back from the World Cup have. So as soon as yeah. people see Marcus and Joe back straight away, just like, oh yeah, these guys are back. Let's go and watch that. So... I think that's um, after World Cup, we've had a bit of a World Cup hangover. But yeah, going really, really well, rapidly selling and yeah, looking as close to sell out as possible. And the women's world record's on again this year. 20K, is that the is that the aim? That's the aim, 20K, yeah. So we've got a company that will come in, take pictures, uh, 360 pictures, so we can actually verify it. Because at Twickenham, very, very hard to verify because obviously there's no turnstiles just at the stadium. They're all outside. So to make sure we have everyone in the bar, we've got some software I've been working on with a company. Um, and yeah, they'll verify that everyone was in there. So yeah, 20K is the aim, but hopefully we can smash that. I didn't realise that's how they did it. They've got someone with like a 360 camera inside. That's quite cool, actually. I didn't know that's how it worked. I just thought it was... Well, I didn't know. I didn't even think about it. That's quite cool. Yeah, so that's how we verify it, just by actually putting faces in seats and being like, yeah, a dot in each one. So almost like taking a picture, but um, every face is a person in the bowl at that time. That's quite sick. I, I definitely had no idea that's how it works. But in terms of like the the day itself, it's been it's been probably my favourite day in the calendar for the last. I mean, what is it? Fifth edition, fifteen this year. I think I think I reckon I've been to eleven of them, maybe ten minus the, including the one that was at the soup last year. And it's been my favourite day of the year for the for God knows how long. Me and my mates, we drive up from Sussex in the morning in the pub at. 12 you get the whole day of it you're in the ground super early everything's going on people that you see from home from work from this it seems like such an enormous day that's just it's it's just it's more than quins it's more than just you know a game of rugby it's such a huge event in terms of the operations and stuff that go with it is it a completely sort of 365 days a year project or is it right we've got three or four months to do this and four months to do this or is it literally a year-round day uh, yeah, year-round, I'd say. Um, with that and Big Summer Kickoff, obviously, two big events at um, Twickenham. We're working on that every day every day of every week in the lead-up. So probably from the off-season, as soon as we come in, we've got half an eye on big game, which is mental. So you run it. We've got the men's games, women's games, all at the stoop. And in the background, there's always a uh, big game. What are we doing for big game? What can we implement? Always researching, always looking out. So, yeah, it's a great family day as well. So... That, that kind of sweet spot between Christmas and New Year where everyone's with their family. Yeah. Lovely day out. And like we say, family day, lots of stuff going on in and outside the, the bowl. So really, really, um, yeah, good day. It feels a bit different as well this year because it's 
sort of three or four days later than it usually is. Obviously, we've got Bath away on the 23rd. And it's like, usually you do Christmas Day, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. And then as soon as Boxing Day gets to gets over, you're like, right, tomorrow it's 27th. It's, it's always the day after. But I suppose just the way the weekends are falling this year, it's going to be a little bit different. You mentioned there's stuff that goes on outside the bowl. Give us a little indication of that that sort of stuff. What's in the pipeline? What's, what do we know about already? Yeah, definitely. So um, the West Ham Village is part of what I look after, what I create. So I know quite a bit about it. Um, <laughs> we've got, for like parents and kids, we've got a big army of face painters this year. So everyone get their face painted. Nice set up there. We've got free fairground rides. Um, so you want, once you're in, you don't have to spend a penny on going on any of those. Um, so that would be really cool so yeah we make them free for parents every year which we had one feedback going oh i feel like i've won the lottery i've turned up and i don't have to pay for tickets or <laughs> tokens for those that was good uh, we've got a stage outside um different stages here actually so it's gonna be a free tiered stage so looking forward to that um hopefully we'll have our i'll make david rogers on the um, top of that talking to people talking to players we'll have um dj shah stapes actually going to be inside and outside so she's going to be busy for the day but uh yes yeah, so we're going to put her in bowl and then she'll do some sets outside as well. So all of that. And of course the West Ham village, the walkover, there's two walkovers, yeah. obviously we've got the women's team first and then the men's one, which is crazy. Um, I don't think we talked to Twickenham. I don't think they've ever seen anything like it. They've had a couple of new staff. We're trying to explain, Oh yeah, the players just walk over and they're just like, what? That can't be that big. Um, so yeah, crazy. It's, it's such a funny thing that walkover. Cause I did it on the day of the final couple of years ago. And I, I'd done it once previously for a big game. And it it's just, it's such like a, it's such a weird thing to explain to people that don't understand either the geography or the sort of nature of it. It's a very, very funny, funny thing to watch. And obviously all the cameras are there sort of early in the day and all this for the players walking over. But it is quite a cool thing. One of the big things about big game is the music acts. Obviously we had, you know, Pete Tong, Glizzy, we've had... X Factor, we've had this, we've had that. Any sort of indications on who it's going to be this year? Um, I can't tell you who it is, but I'll give you a bit of an exclusive. If you keep an eye on our socials on Thursday, we'll be releasing it Thursday. This so, Thursday? Yeah, keep an eye out this Thursday. Come on. Um, and is it is it straight out with a, it's this person, or is it like a teaser and a this and a that? I believe there's a teaser Wednesday, so maybe you can try and work it out from Wednesday, and okay, then, cool. yeah, we'll fully be out with it on Thursday. So, yeah, looking forward to that, and the plans we have around just the music act and what we do on pitch beforehand before the men's game, what we're doing in bowl, something I don't think we've ever seen in an English rugby before. So oh. when we presented it to staff, everyone's so excited just to get this out there and be like, wow, look at this. It's probably the most excited I've seen the staff around the office just be like, Oh wow, this is going to be incredible. Like we're doing this. Can we do this? And it ha it happens around the world and people are showing us videos and like, Oh, can we do this? And it's all good. Yeah. It's going to come together really nicely. Mate, that's class. And you just, just hope that this year, there's no silly train strikes. There's no COVID. There's no this. There's no that. I want I want a big game day with everything sort of taken away from it. Or the, all the stuff that's been, you know, on its back the last couple of years. I want it back to the way it, way it was. Because it just felt like, even the year we had it, I think was it the 2022 year big game? You know, there was, you know, oh, we've got an Omicron and people were testing the two or three days before and all that sort of stuff. And it just... It takes the shine off such an amazing day that the club put on. So this year, I hope it's back. It's ready to go and it is as good as it's ever going to be. But mate, Craig, well, thanks yes. so much for coming on, mate. And thanks so much for chatting. No, thank you. We'll, uh, thank we'll, uh, we will 
keep pushing the big ticket sales, keep pushing it. And uh, I can't wait for Thursday now. I can't wait to see who's going to be out there. <laughs> all good. I uh, just want to say, yeah, thank you for having me. And yeah, let's make this a big one. Get all the friends and family, invite them all down, have a great day. And like you say, it's the first time in a couple of years, it's going to be right where we want it to be. So yeah, 100%. Beautiful. Awesome to hear from Craig. Will and I are really, really lucky. The club supporters with loads of stuff, you know, getting guests on and helping us out with occasionally getting some nice seats in the hospitality suite and all that sort of stuff. I'm only joking, but the people that work in and around the club that we come across, you know, not just the players, not just the coaches, all the players in behind the scenes, ticket, operations, comms, all of that. They're really, really special people. So just for Craig giving up a little bit of a Sunday morning before he goes off and plays football to rev up some big game and give us a little teaser to you know keep an eye on our phones and our social media platforms on Thursday for who's going to be the the big act is, is amazing. But it's going to be a big one this year. Um, and like I said to Craig, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a big game without the shackles. It's no, no this, no that, no nonsense. It's going to be a full, massive event that is like Craig says just more about what goes on inside the bowl big double header and I'm looking forward to it so before we leave before we wrap up this episode I'm just going to do a very very quick look at Saracens because it's such a huge thing and I know I mentioned it with Joe earlier in the episode but we're four from four now in the league going five from five you know we're sitting top of the table as it stands as I sit here on a Sunday morning we've got Newcastle and and Saracens this afternoon with Northampton and Exeter down at Franklin's Gardens. If we can finish the weekend sitting pretty at the top of the table on 19 points, I think I can go to work on Monday feeling pretty happy with myself. But it's been a great weekend. Saracens are on Saturday night down at the Stoop. 5.30 kickoff under the lights. It's going to be absolutely enormous. Make sure you get down there. I think it's already a sellout. So if you haven't got a ticket, bad luck. If you have, let's make plenty of noise. Hopefully, Will will be back next week. He's away with work this week, working super hard, as he always does. So thank you, Joe, and thank you, Craig, for joining. Hopefully, it's not just been me talking to myself and drowning out too much of the noise this week. But have a great week, everyone. Keep an eye on your phone screens on Thursday for that big game announcement, and I'll see everyone at the Stoop on Saturday afternoon. Come on, you queens. Down, down.